Tonight, we're going to be talking a little bit about what it is to be a man. So tonight is, is men. Now, let's, hey, let's, let's acknowledge something right off the bat, okay? You guys are in this really awesome, awkward, and in some ways difficult and in some ways not position where you're at right now. Because you're not a little kid anymore. You're also not a full grown man yet anymore either. So you're in this like, some of you think you are, but you ain't. So there's a lot of things that you literally, I mean, all of you are learning stuff right now about what it is to be a man. And you're taking cues from all kinds of things in all kinds of places. And some of those places and some of those things are good and some of those things are right and true and accurate. And then others of those aren't. And so the goal tonight is just to get to a little bit of the truth and the reality of what it is to be a man. Um, and it's not always what we think it is. It's not always what maybe we grew up to believe uh, or were taught. Um, and then sometimes it is. It just, everybody comes from different backgrounds and different places, has different families. And you just, you don't always know uh, what's right and what's wrong as you're growing up. And usually as a kid, you just take whatever it is that's being presented. And a lot of times you just accept it because that's all you know. And you hear that or you see that. And so you're like, okay, I guess that's, I guess that's uh, reality. I guess that's what it is to be a man, is that. What I saw either live in person or what I saw on a particular TV show or movie growing up all the time that I loved, like that's what it is to be a man. And there's so many images and so many ideas out there of what that is. But let me just remind you what this whole series is about, right? It's called amnesia. It means we all as people, including you guys, you have, you have this image on you of God. God made you and he made you to be his son, that's who he made you to be. The problem is all of us forgot that. As we're born, we're born into this thing called sin nature. Sin messes us up. It distorts everything. It distorts reality. It distorts truth. And so we don't really remember what a son of God looks like. And so the goal tonight is to start to remember who God made you specifically to be. And so we're going to have to go kind of quick. We're going to roll fast and we're going to hit a lot of big stuff. So I need you to be quiet. I don't need you to talk. I know it's tempting because it's just the guys in the room. You're going to want to say some stuff. When I say things, I need you to not do that, okay? Fight the temptation and just listen for a while, okay? You down for that? Cool. All right, so here we go. Last time we were together, we read 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. So what does that look like for us as men is the question we're trying to ask tonight. We're trying to find our true identity. We talked about our true identity being found in Jesus. We talked about that two weeks ago. And so now it's like, okay, what does a true identity as a son of God look like for me? So I'll tell you a little bit of uh, why the, the, the talk tonight is called John Doe. I titled it John Doe. It's like, why are we doing that? What is, what, what's, who's that? Who's that guy? John Doe is just the title you give somebody if you don't know who they are. It's just kind of a stand-in name. It's kind of a standard guy, status quo for a guy. Or sometimes it's used uh, in a hospital when somebody comes in and they have no way of identifying who the guy is. 
And so they just call him John Doe until they figure out what his identity is. And so the problem is, is a lot of us have been walking around like a John Doe, like a just status quo kind of guy. Like we've just done standard stuff. We're not really living in an identity. We're just kind of doing what most guys do because it's what we heard or what we saw or what someone told us. And so John Doe is something that we all are used to and what a lot of us are living in, or maybe it's what we've just seen and been growing up with. Like guys just kind of not, not sure of what their identity actually is, who God made them to be. And so just being a stereotypical dude was just the norm. And so for me, the way I was, was trying to work out, what it, you know, it, am I John Doe or am I something more than that? Like, what is my identity actually? Was in middle school, and I've told this story before, and I can't remember how recently I told it, but it applies tonight either way. In sixth grade is when I started to feel like I needed to, like, you know, what's up? I'm a, I'm a dude. You know, I, try, I was trying to, like, be independent in a lot of ways. I was trying to prove that I was, like, a tough dude, and I was, I was cool, and I... I did a lot of things to try to do that and prove that. And one of the things I tried to do to prove that was this is, again, I need you to be quiet when I say this, okay? But it's, it's, I'm being real with you, okay? This is when I was just like, you know what? I haven't done this growing up. This is not something we really do a lot in my house. But I know the words, so I'm going to try out cussing in sixth grade. So sixth grade is when at school, only at school, if I said any of this stuff at home, woo, I would have got in trouble. It would have been bad, okay? But at school, I tried out some words, okay? Words that I will not say here or anywhere. But I tried them out there because I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try this out. Dudes are supposed to be tough. They're supposed to use these kind of words. I hear older dudes saying them all the time. I hear my, my, my uh, older cousins saying them. You know, I hear older relatives saying them. I, I, I see guys that I look up to in the movies saying them, so I'm going to try them out. So I would just throw them in sentences and places that made no sense at all. Like, I looked like an idiot, and I sounded like an idiot. You know what I sounded like? I sounded like a kid trying to cuss. Because that's what I was. I was, a, I was a kid trying to use these big, what I would consider adult, grown-up words back then, you know? And so I'm trying to be an adult, be a man, by using this particular type of, of language to, like, make myself appear differently. Has anybody ever tried to talk differently, to try to appear a certain way? And it doesn't have to be cussing. I mean, you could just say things differently than you, you maybe usually do. Or you might try to say stuff about certain things that you don't really know about, but you try to act like you know about it because you want to seem really knowledgeable, like a smart guy, you know? Or you might want to say stuff about yourself that's not necessarily true, like about how good you are at something because you want to appear good at something. But in reality, if you actually tried that thing in front of anybody, you would look like an idiot because you don't know anything about it. And so a lot of us do this. I would say all of us do this in some way, shape, form, or fashion, especially in middle school. I know you guys are doing this same kind of stuff. You might not have done the thing I did. You might not have tried out cussing and sounded like an idiot doing it. But you might be trying other things out. You might have already tried other things out. And you're like, you know what? That, that didn't work out so well. Or you might still be in the middle of trying certain things out because that's your perception of what a man is. And you're going to find out if that perception isn't something that God calls you to, it's not going to work out well. So what do we do then? Well, let's 
let's look at a couple things here to, to kind of ease into that question, okay? Um, my biggest struggle was this need to try to prove myself. Like, I was trying to, to get pride in something. I was trying to be just, you know, like, something that, I wanted to be good at something where people looked up to me. I wanted, I wanted to be good at something where people thought I was, um, thought I was, like, they admired me about something. You know, whether it was the fact that, dude, that, that dude, like, he's tough because he cusses so good, you know. Or it's, it, later on, it became basketball. I wanted to be so good at basketball that people, like, admired the fact that I was so good at basketball. Um, later on, it became playing an instrument. I want to be so good at playing an instrument. People admired me at, at playing this instrument. Or it, if for some of you, it could be, you know, working out, or it could be being smart and getting the best grades. There's so many things that us guys want to do and take pride in and have people admire us for it. And when that doesn't happen, or somebody does something better, or somebody comes off as cooler or better than us, man, we have a real hard time when we struggle with it. And so a lot of what we're doing in 6th, 7th, and 8th grade is trying to figure out what is that thing for me? What is my identity that I can be admired for? What's the thing I can be proud about and puff my chest out about it and be like, yeah, what's up? That's me. And so this has been a problem forever with guys, okay? You can go back to Genesis and look at the first um, brothers. Adam and Eve had these two sons. Cain and Abel, anybody know how that story ended? Not good, not good, okay? So Cain struggles with the fact that his brother has presented something to God that God took pleasure in over what Cain had given God. And so he gets angry, he gets ticked because his pride has been damaged. Somebody has done better than him at something. And so he gets so angry and God even warned him, he's like, Cain, why are you so angry about this? Like, why don't you just do what you know you're supposed to do and it'll be fine. And so Cain took that, he didn't take that to mean this, but what he did from that conversation is he went out and led Abel into a field and he killed him because he was so angry that Abel did something better than him. It was his pride that made him do this thing. To prove that he was the tougher, better, however you want to look at it, brother. He goes and he kills this guy. And this is what a lot of us as guys will try to do. We don't literally go out and try to kill guys. Hopefully, if you are, we need to talk afterwards. Have a nice sit down. There's a couple officers I might need to introduce you to. But there's, you guys know there's, there's, there's things we do as guys that we only do out of pride. We are only doing it because we want to prove something to ourselves or to somebody else. And it's not good. It doesn't lead to anything good. And so then you go and you look at this verse in, in uh, or these few verses in Luke. Okay, Luke chapter 9. An, arrogant, uh, an argument started amongst the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and had him stand beside him. Then he said to them, whoever becomes or welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For it is the one who is least among you who is the greatest. So Jesus takes what most of us think is being a dude, being the baddest guy in the room, being the best at that thing, being, being able to be proud about stuff all the time, and puff our chest out about stuff all the time, whatever that thing is for you, and he flips it on his head. He's like, whoever's the least of you will be the greatest. So it's not what a lot of us think it is. It's not even what a lot of us are pursuing 
almost every day of our life where we can try to find that thing. He's saying, no, 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 the least of you is the greatest. So so this is some huge element of what it is to be a man. It's not to be the best at something. It's not to be proud of something. Because when when we kind of fall into that, that trap that Cain fell into and that I was, I was doing as a middle school student and, and that all of, all of us do at different points in our life. When we do that, we start to be just like the standard John Doe kind of guy, you know, your stereotypical dude. This is when we struggle with things like wanting to fight dudes for no reason and just saying dumb stuff. I remember fights in middle school that would happen and you would literally ask, why did you guys fight? There, was, there were fights where they literally didn't have an answer. It was like, oh, no, man, he just looked at me weird. <laughs> he looked at you weird, and you're fighting because he looked at you weird. Yeah, man, it's disrespectful. Di- okay, what is it? When a guy says he was being disrespectful and that's why he's fighting, what is he really saying? He's challenging me. He's saying he thinks he's better than me. A dude fighting because he felt disrespected is almost 100% of the time him fighting for his pride. And that is not something that God is calling us to as men. But that's not the only thing. I mean, this is when we start to fall into these things uh, where we start to turn women into these objects that we grade. We're like, oh, she's a 10. Yep, nope, that one's a five. That one... It, I don't even know if she's on the scale. You know, that's when we start to do that kind of stuff. Listen, you don't want them turning that scale around on you. Wouldn't be good. But we can't do that. We, number one, we can't do that to anybody, but you especially are not called to do that to a girl. That is not your job. They, number one, they're not objects. Is everybody listening to me right now? This is stuff that's going to help you tremendously in the future, I promise. You do not want to to make a woman an object. It's going to hurt you in a lot of ways. Number one, you're not viewing that woman as somebody that God created in his image as well. He made women and men very different, and that's part of what we're talking about in the next couple of, of weeks. And he did that on purpose. And we need women in the world and in our lives to help us see a greater picture of God, ultimately, and when we treat them as anything less than that, we're in sin. It's that big of a deal. So if we throw out these jokes that we know, if a girl heard it or if our mom and dad heard it, we'd be in some deep trouble. We need to cut those jokes out. If we're sending pictures or asking for pictures that are not something that you know God would be happy with you asking for, you need to stop. You'll notice I'm not smiling about that. I've heard way too many stories of guys in middle school doing things that are not honoring to these girls and not honoring to God. And it's got to stop. And you guys are going to be the ones who stop it. You guys are going to be the ones who set the tone for what it looks like to actually be a man in 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. And you can start to do that now. Because God has called us to so much more than all that petty stuff. All that stuff that sometimes we fill our lives up with to try to prove that we're some kind of man that we think we're supposed to be by talking a particular way about women or talking a particular way about each other or talking a particular way about ourselves. 
And it's just not what God's called us to. And so this is the stereotypical guy who does things like that. Gets angry about hardly anything. Doesn't take much. You just get mad. And then you justify it. Because they shouldn't have done that. Okay, well, we all do stuff we shouldn't do all the time every day. That's why we need Jesus, right? So if you just get mad at anything and everything, it's more reason for you to depend on the things that we're going to be talking about here in just a second. But that's the stereotypical dude. He just gets angry at anything. He objectifies and kind of uh, turns women into objects. He is ready to fight anybody at, at the drop of a hat for really no reason at all. Um, and ultimately just does what they want, like hogs the remote, um, expects dinner on the table when they get home. Like, this is the kind of guy that a lot of us have heard or seen or maybe think we're supposed to be. And it's just not the case. Like, it, it's just not what we see the Bible painting the picture of a man to be. Check this out in James chapter 4. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and you fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. And that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means amnesty against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think Scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit he has caused to dwell in us, but he gives us more grace? This is why Scripture says God opposes the proud, but he shows favor to the humble. Now catch these last three verses. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. All men can be like the first part of these verses. Easy to fight. You don't have what you want. You just try to fight to get it. You get angry about the fact you don't have that stuff. The things that are in us, these evil desires that we sometimes find ourselves going after, like that's the stuff that ultimately leads us down these paths that find us in the wrong identity of what it is to be a man and lead us into these places that do not show people that we are a son of God. But then those last couple verses are the key, man. It's submit yourself to God. It's humble yourself before him. And when you do that, he will lift you up is what it says. Why is that? How is that? Because what we're struggling to do, most of us our whole life, is try to lift ourselves up. We're trying to be like, hey, look at how big and bad Brad is. Yeah, he's awesome. Forget about the fact that he uh, got cut from the basketball team five times. But other than that, he's awesome. Oh, yeah, forget about the fact he, he's a terrible cusser. Like, he puts words in weird spots. He sounds like he's from another country sometimes because he doesn't cuss it well at all. But other than that, he's amazing. Okay, also forget about the fact he might have failed a couple classes. Um, he might... He might have got sent to the principal's office. Okay, other than that stuff, Brad is amazing. You get what I'm saying? We all mess up. We all fail. We all have 
issues. Like not one of you in this room is really awesome. None of you are. I don't care if you think you are, you're not. All of us have messed up. All of us have fallen short. All of us have failed and all of us will continue to do so when we lift ourselves up. So what's God saying? He's saying, no, 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 humble yourself. Submit to God and he will lift you up. Now, God lifting you up is a whole different thing than you lifting you up. When God lifts you up, people see him. And when people see him and they say, man, check out what Brad's doing. And it's not me. It wasn't anything I did for me. It wasn't anything I did because I think I'm awesome. I did it because I think God's awesome. Odds are what they're going to say is not, oh, look at Brad, he's awesome. They're going to look at Brad and say, dude, whatever Brad's doing and why he's doing it, that, I want to know what that thing is because that's awesome. And it winds up being God is awesome, not Brad is awesome. And if you're looking for one key of what it is to be a, a man of God, a God who, a guy who is the son of God, a son or daughter of God that, that we've been talking about, It's that thing right there, to submit to God. Let him lift you up. Don't let you try to lift you up. Because when you do that, you start to do all those stereotypical things that we just talked about. You start to be that guy that everybody's used to and most people don't like. You start to be the guy that God didn't make you to be in the first place. And so then you check out this verse in 1 Timothy, and we're going to wrap this up. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 11 and 12. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of eternal life for which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. You've got to remember, I've got to remember, that you were made to be a man of God. You weren't meant to be Joe or or John Doe. That's not you. You know your identity. Your identity isn't just some stand-in name and stereotypical average guy. That's not you. You are a son of the most high king who created the universe, the planets, everybody on planet earth, and you. That's who you are. And when you're that You're so much different than John Doe. You're all these things I just read. You're a man who pursues righteousness and godliness and faith and love. And you have endurance and gentleness. These are characteristics of a godly man. And this should be the list of your attributes and my attributes. But the key to them is Jesus, okay? It's not us. We're not the key ingredient to being that. Because they're his attributes, by nature. They're not our attributes not by nature. Otherwise, we wouldn't need him, but we do need him because he enables us to be this guy. Because if we don't actually submit to him and rely on him to lift us up so that we can be that, that description there, then we wind up failing and falling and hurting ourselves and hurting other people. But when we submit to him, we will succeed Every single time. People will be able to see this godly man who is pointing them to Jesus in the way that they're living. 
because of who they're submitting to and where their identity is found. And so us remembering that we'll never be strong enough, we'll never be talented enough, we'll never be powerful enough, we'll never be talented or or, or smart enough or popular enough, the fact that we'll never be those things on our own should be the thing that helps us remember, but yeah, this is why I need Jesus because in him, I'm all those things. I'm everything I need to be because he's the one who actually is going to make me into the man that I'm meant to be and he's going to be the one who completes me. If I struggle with being angry all the time, he's going to be the one who's going to bring peace into my life. If I struggle with with saying things that I know I shouldn't be saying because it devalues people or it devalues women or it devalues myself, whatever it is, God's going to be the one who's going to bring peace into that area of my life and give me not words that tear anybody down, but words that, that build people up, that encourage other people. And so the tendency can be for us as guys, because of the way we just think when we're, when we're, when we're growing up is, man, we got to prove ourselves. We've got to be prideful. We've got we to gotta be able to like point to something that we're awesome at and think that we're awesome because of this. We have got to kind of get that whole notion out of our head and realize that this whole relying on God isn't a weakness. It's not something that makes you less of a man. It's what actually makes you a man. If that can start to click with you now in 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, where you start to, to rely on him, submit to him, and depend on him, you're going to be the man he made you to be so much quicker than if you wait till you're in college or you wait till you're in your 30s or you wait till you're in your 40s to finally realize, oh man, I need God, I need Jesus. If you realize that now, Imagine what God can use you for, but not not just what God can use you for, what he can do just in your life, how you process things, how you treat people, how you think of yourself. Because there's a lot of 30, 40, and 50-year-old guys walking around that think they're men, and they're not even close. But there's also some 6th, 7th, and 8th grade guys walking around that are exactly the men God made them to be. And that can be you. This isn't something you wait to be later on in life, guys. This is something you can be right now. I don't care if you're 11. I don't care if you're 14. It doesn't matter. God calls you to these things right now. He didn't put an age limit on this stuff. The world can sometimes say, hey, a man is this, 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 and this, and you have to be this old, and you have to do this certain thing. Listen, throw all that junk out. Don't worry about that. Depend on him. Submit to him. Stay humble. Let him lift you up. Allow him to be the one that that shapes you and molds you and guides you and leads you every day. Don't depend on you. Don't depend on your strength. Don't depend on you being the big bad dude because that will not work out. So here's what I want to do. I want to pray for you. And then I want you guys to go out of here. You're going to go worship. And then you're going to go to your small groups after that. I want you to talk about this stuff in your groups. Like for real. Really talk about what it is to be a man. Ask questions. If you're struggling with something, ask it. If you want to know um, how it is you can do some of this stuff, talk about that. 
and get into some really good discussions on how you can start to do this stuff now. All right? Let me pray for you. God, thank you so much for these guys. I pray for these guys to not just be guys. I pray for them to be men. They'd be godly men who walk out of this room, and they go, and they live for you, and they depend on you, and they humble themselves before you, God, so that you can lift them up. And God, I just thank you that we can do that, uh, that we're not just out on our own to figure it out, but you give us everything we need in Jesus. And I pray all this in his name. Amen.